Okay. You seem to enjoy doing that. One of the reasons you enjoy doing that is because we're family. Part of the family of God, this particular expression. And as a family, we have good times, we have hard times, but we have one another because God has joined us, not by some doctrine or creed, but by the love that he shed abroad in our hearts, the created ability, supernatural ability, not only to love him, but to love one another like real family, kingdom family. Thought struck me it's just two weeks since I stood here and told you that I'd just come from being with PJ and with Richard and Lucy and Panola as he passed from this life into his reward in heaven. Now, what strikes me is that We've got many things that we don't know and we don't understand. Why, at that mid-thirties, he's taken from us? Why, with such promise of the future, gaining such a position in the country? Why, after five months of marriage, we don't have answers? And we can concentrate on the questioning Lord, we prayed, we prayed for weeks and weeks. We fasted, we wanted a miracle. Why? We don't understand. And we can concentrate on that and try and come up with thoughts and ideas, but it will never work. So I think it's good that we focus on what we do understand rather than what we don't understand because everything else is in the hands of a loving Saviour. So let's think about what we do understand. About a year ago, I don't know how it happened, but I felt, I can't remember ever teaching about heaven. Now those of you with good memories might be able to remind me, and uh, we'll see if I did. But it's quite important. heaven. Now, is there such a place? And I want, I want you to be honest, there's no point in talking and you listening if we're not being honest with ourselves. Is there such a place? Yes. That's because God inserts that and reveals that in our hearts. But here's the point. Jesus spoke of it. To be honest, if he lied about that, you can't trust him about anything. You can't trust a liar. Basically, it would not have worked. Is that Ella again? <laughs> oh, <clears throat> oh, Gordon, he always gets the blame. <laughs> He spoke of it. He taught us to pray, our Father, 
who is in heaven. Talked about the reward in heaven. Now I have biblical references for all this, but for the sake of time I'm not going to give them, but if you want them I can let you have them. Our Father in heaven. Joy in heaven in response to actions on earth. Think about that a moment. Joy in heaven in response to your action on earth. That there's things you can do now that produce joy in heaven. Lord's Prayer. Our Father, this is what he taught us to pray, who is in heaven. But he teaches to pray something that is not true. Hallowed be your name. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven is God's space. Earth is our space. And it's designed that there will be things here that replicate things there. Billy Graham, the famous evangelist, said, Heaven is the place that God dwells. It's his holy habitation. He created, he lives there, and someday, so shall all believers. Some might say, hmm. I want us to live in the reality that we believe him and that there is a truth. And it might not be popular and it might not kind of fit scientific ideas. That's completely beside the point. If God said it, that's good enough. So let's have a little think what it's like. Well, heaven is not streets of gold. I remember once saying this, I think it was when I was speaking at a meeting in, um, I think it was Rwanda. And as I said it, I was going on to say other things. I looked at somebody in the congregation and I actually saw them close down at that point. How did I know? I don't know. I just uh, switch off. I am not listening to this person who's taking away my, my future of walking on streets of gold. Well, there are no streets of gold. If you want to walk, that's up to you. But don't get in my way because I'll have a bright red Ferrari and there's no speed limits. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Our Father. Not streets of gold. It's not a wish fulfillment. It's better than that. It's what we would wish for if we weren't affected by the carnality, the materialism, the selfishness of this world. Now, I don't know if this is true. And uh, I'm told that Mark Baden once said, when I'm in heaven, I'm just going to eat toasted tea cakes. <laughs> now, that may be apocryphal, but I, I didn't know he had a penchant for toasted tea cakes. That may not be true. But let, let's get rid of the, the, these things. They're ridiculous. I mean, I grew up under this. Everything was about getting to heaven. And heaven was about streets of gold. And the sad thing is, it's taking imagery 
and turning it into something which is solid fact. It's, I mean, look, the Bible says to be as innocent as doves. Does that mean we've got to lay eggs? It's the imagery, not become doves. And we need to put that aside. We can speculate on some details. Henry. Good. Someone wanted to shorten what I was saying. <laughs> <coughs> I'm trying to be disciplined and following the things that I put down. Okay. So what it's not, we can only speculate on some details. However, it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. So in the absence of detail, we're in the presence of a loving, just God who was crushed for our salvation. What safe hands to commend our spirits to. Now, I'm recognising that a number of you would not have heard this stuff about heaven. But listening carefully... Because as we get down, get down a little bit, there's a, a kind of crunch point. There's a sharp point which is relevant to everybody here. Well, what do we know? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's a truth. To be with the Creator who gave his life for us. All who tasted his presence wanted more. I'm talking about the people on earth. David said, better is one day in his presence. Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to know. I don't want to go there. So what's it like? Well, what's it not? We can speculate on some things, but we know what he said, and we know that it will be with Jesus. Let's pick up a couple of other features. Heaven is home. In my Father's house are many mansions. Now, actually, it's not a very accurate translation. It talks about the original really means permanent place rather than a stately home. So if you've been dreaming of a stately home, uh, might be a two up and two down, but it won't. It'll be something far better. So if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Home. What does home speak of? Safety, belonging, Identity. Even on this earth, where do you live? What's your address? It's really like a a place of place of safety. You ever had a bad day and you get home and you think, Phew, I'm home. Well magnify that in, in your thinking. 
So heaven is home. And it's a beautiful place because God is a God of beauty. Even in this world, think of things which are beautiful. Sunset. Snow-capped mountains. Try something else, something that's beautiful. Don't all call out me because I already know that. Something. Victoria Falls, yes. Hello. Something that's beautiful on this earth. I'm, I'm a little way away from you, but I still love you and I'd like to hear from you. A baby smile. A baby smile? Hmm. <laughs> Flowers. Yes. Yes, yes. Beautiful. You feel neglected now, don't you? I'm coming over to you because I know you'll talk to me. What's beautiful on earth? Coral reef. Rainbow, yes. Now you're getting into it. You're getting into it now. But think, if that's how it is on earth, God is a God of beauty. How beautiful it's going to be. Then, next, joyful. Why joyful? How do we know that? Because there'll be no strife, sin, sorrow, pain, hurt feelings, misunderstandings, disagreements, death. None of that will be there. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for that old order of things has passed away. They are all interruptions to joy, but they will not be present. Music and singing. It talks about harps, but I, I'm going to take that as kind of imagery again. I mean, that might be all right. It might, you might like a harp, but to be honest, I, I've never get woken up in the morning thinking I'd love to hear a harp. You know? um, <clears throat> yeah. Multitude of angels singing. Singing a new song, Revelation chapter 5. God, can you imagine what it would be like? I will be able to sing. And it will be beautiful, harmonious, in tune. Well, most of the time. But here's an interesting thing. This completely dismisses this idea of floating around on clouds and drinking cups of milk and honey. I can't help me. The idea of waking up in the morning to a cup of milk and honey, I mean, it turns me right off, you know. <laughs> Imagery. Work to be done in heaven. His servants will serve him, ruling with him. Well, it's not all work and no play, because in heaven there will be rest. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord, for now on, yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labour, for their deeds will follow them. Rest from labour, but also work to be done. Ruling with him. The Bible talks about that. I don't really know how to take that any further other than there will be a role 
We won't sit there twiddling our thumbs for all eternity. There'll be a fulfilling role. <clears throat> Resting in heaven. We'll know one another in heaven. Sometimes this is the question that comes up. We will know one another in heaven. Um, very clear. Um, it's what God intended. Disciples, if you remember, recognized Moses and Elijah at transfiguration. David said, I can't bring my child back to me, but I will go to him. Clear understanding that we'll be recognized and recognize one another in heaven. But because we know where we're going, we can live differently today. See, Jesus washing the disciples' feet. He knew where he'd come from, and he knew where he was going, so he could take on the role of the lowliest servant. See, his security wasn't based in functional position. His security was based in the fact that he, was, he knew where he'd come from. He'd come from God and was going back to be with God. That's a great security that releases us into uh, an ability to serve which is not defined by status, not defined by position or reputation. <clears throat> there is an incentive about living how we live differently today. Parable of the talent speaks of well done, my good and faithful servant. Talks about sharing in the master's joy. In fact, it talks about a kind of promotion, increased role in the establishing, establishment of God's rule as we join this great crowd of witnesses. So we're coming on to something that I want us to really pick up and take seriously. We've looked at some information, some realities. What is heaven like? But because it's there, and because God speaks to us about it, there's a, there's a kind of kickback in reality to the present time. And this is what I want you to hear. And I want you all to hear. I want you to listen carefully. Because this is important. Because what we're talking about is not just something in the future. It's the present time that has a bearing in the future. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we're joining a crowd of witnesses. There will be, like in the parable of talents, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's about what we've done here on earth. What about this sharing in the master's joy, Matthew 25? And this idea of, of difficult to explain any further, but, but a, a development, a role, a ruling uh, into the different um, realms which go beyond our understanding, but definitely a function, surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Do you know, it seems to me that it says, this, these heroes of the faith, 
those that we talk about, those that we refer to, biblical characters, apostles, prophets. These, just imagine it for a moment, heroes of the faith, watching and rooting for us, cheering us now, cheering for us from the other side of the veil, saying, kind of, I ran my race whilst the baton was in my hand. Now, here's the question, how will you run your race in the now? It's lovely to talk about all the things of heaven, but it has very real bearing on where we are now. And I'm going to ask again, guys, listen to me. Quite clearly, there are things in eternity which are affected by how we live now. Not a time, therefore, for kind of being on the outside looking in. Not a time for sitting on, on our hands and doing nothing. A time to take advantage of this short time on earth. So what are you building? You actually get to influence this material world in a way on this side of the veil, which you can't do on the other side. See, there's a great future, but there's also, in this whole situation, a very critical opportunity to live right before God. It's not enough just to be there. It's not enough just to kind of do the external thing. God requires more of us. Building a reward that's in heaven at cost now. Yeah. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Catch this one. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is not about some outward display of something. This is about a heart thing. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Mark 10 says about cost. Truly I tell you, no one who has left home for brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in the present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields. Along with persecutions. Oh, pity we can't miss that bit out. But we can't because it's what God says. And in the age to come, eternal life. So a very sober bit comes next. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. It's not about outward appearance. This is about actions, heart position. 
How you live here affects what you receive in heaven. Okay, so we've established there is a heaven. We've described some of the things in heaven, features of heaven. We've talked about the importance of how we live here has a bearing on the future. But then we ought to come, okay, how do we get to heaven? Well, if I sing loud in the meetings or if I attend things or if I do good, none of those, are, I mean, might be, might be nice, but they don't get us to heaven. The only way we get to heaven is committing your life to Jesus. What does that mean? It's not about saying some simple prayer. That's about saying, I choose to believe that Jesus was crucified and was raised from the dead. I choose to believe that. God, help me to believe that. That's, that's a miracle. But here comes a big miracle. At that moment in time, when we submit the rule of our lives, from ourselves, I will no longer rule me, I will no longer do what I want, what I think to say, or any of those things. From that moment, we are dependent on the miracle that God has provided for us through Jesus. And that miracle is being Bible talks about it's like being born again in the Spirit of God. So it's not about acting religious or anything like that. It's about this. Lord, I choose to believe that you died and you were raised from the dead. Please help me. I choose to give my life, the authority of my life, the decision-making to you. And to live, henceforth, under your government and your rule. That's how we get to heaven. You know, we can sit in meetings from now until we die. But we get to heaven by surrendering our lives to Jesus. No other way. And if you've done that, you really don't want to spend time building for this world. Wasting time. You choose to live present, the present life differently. Because there's a something that's happened within. Heaven's there. Heaven's wonderful. God is there. Our friends are there. PJ's there. And we are going to meet Again, if we take this course, simple biblical course. I'd like us to just finish up, Mark, please, with recognising this amazing grace. How sweet the name. Saved a wretch like me. Let's stand together and then we're going to pray. Lord, we just ask now that you would touch our hearts.
Lord, these things we don't know, things that we don't understand, but we choose right now towards the things that we do understand. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And Lord, particularly at this time, as we celebrate this assurance of eternity and the wonderful place forever in your presence. Lord, we just ask for those who know of it, but haven't come to that place, that place of surrender, that place of being serious. I want to pray for those people now. That you've not made, as it were, a clear decision. A clear decision to say, I submit to you, Lord. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That decision to hand over the authority of your life to the Lord Jesus. Let me pray with you now. It would help you if you indicated that you'd like me to join you in this prayer. It doesn't help me, it will help you. If you want to indicate, then do it now. Raise your hand or signal. It's not gonna make any difference to me, but it could be a major moment of action consistent with a decision. Father, for those now who who are weighing, hearing these things, we ask, the Lord, that you would draw them into that place of surrender and commitment, that they may have that absolute assurance of the future, as well as, Lord, a new purpose in the present. In the name of Jesus. As always, if you want prayer, if you're responding to what we've been saying today, or you want prayer for anything else, healing, then the prayer team will be meeting at the front here. Do come and join with them.